You're listening to the Rack and Round Table podcast, episode number 51. I'm your host, David Oria, and I'm here with my co-host. Chris Agana, and our guest today was Crystal Tui Dong, and she's an entrepreneur. She is also a mentor, man. She's so many things, and she stays grinding. And like, she doesn't want to say dreaming because she doesn't believe in dreams, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she's man. This conversation was amazing, and I, I will come. I'm calling it now. She is gonna one day uh, host her own podcast. She's legit, just on fire, and ah, oh, pleasure to have on the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy it. But I mean, like, if you have a strong enough why, then, like, you're going to push through anything. And I'm not talking about why as in, like, I want to be a millionaire or I want to buy a Lamborghini. I'm talking about that, like, deep fire passion that, like, mm. keeps you from sleeping at 4 a.m. And you have to get up because you just have to do it. Like, that kind of why. You know, it goes so much deeper than, like, I just want to have financial freedom. It's more so like I want to empower people because I know what it feels like to feel secluded and left out and I don't want anybody feeling that way. So I feel like it's my personal mission to help as many people as I can. Like that kind of why. (laughs) Hey, before we get started, let's hear a word from our show sponsor. Are you having trouble writing a personal statement? Trust me, you're not alone. We've all been there. Sometimes the hardest part is getting started. That's why Personal Storytellers created a free mini course. To do just that. The course takes you step by step on how to get started writing a personal statement, taking your stories, weaving them together into a true personal statement. And the course is free, so check it out. You can find it on raccoonroundsofficial.com. They also have workshops on reviewing and revising your personal statements. All the resources are there, so check it out at raccoonroundsofficial.com forward slash personal storytellers. You're listening to the Raccoon Roundtable podcast. Here's where we all come together, share our stories about our struggles, mindset, and goals so that we all can get to the places we want to go. We appreciate you being here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. So, welcome everybody to the Raccoon Roundtable podcast. We have a very, very special guest, actually, uh, Crystal, joining us on the podcast. Just thank you so much for joining us and for just adding to the community. Honestly, that's really what this is. And uh, someone that's going to be sharing her story and telling us all about, like, who she is. So, I guess let's start there. You know, we kind of briefly talked off air, but, um, like, give everybody that's listening right now just a snapshot of, you know, who you are, where you're from, what you're doing, uh, where you're going. And um, so everybody just has some some context. We've got to set the table, of course. So let's let's set the table for, for who Crystal is. Let's do that. Oh, my God. I'm literally so excited to be on this show right now. And I understand this is a podcast, so the audience is probably not going to see how big of a smile I have on my face (laughs) as I am talking. Um, But yeah, no, really, thank you for having me here. And thank you for just giving me this opportunity to share. And it's just, I'm just so grateful to be able to connect with you guys and just connect with people who have this like mindset, positivity, gratitude kind of lifestyle. Um, but basically my story, uh, started way back in Vietnam. I'm not from here. I'm a first gen immigrant. I came here when I was six months actually. So I was a little baby, you know, being held by my mom in the airplane, but, um, growing up as a Asian American with like super Asian parents, um, I've been through a lot of things that other Asian Americans, uh, can resonate with. And the, where I grew up, it was not very um, Asian. Like there was just not that big of an Asian population back then. So growing up, I almost felt like 
a little secluded. You know what I mean? Like you just felt a little left out. Like I went into my first day of school, not even speaking English. Like I didn't know English going into my first day of school. And I'll never forget this. My mom told me this story where she brought me to school and she thought that the teachers would help me out a little bit more, but they didn't. They literally just like dropped me in with the other kids and she was so worried. But within a week or so, I was speaking English fluently. I was only like five or six years Whoa. old. <laughs> <Bunch>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, granted, that was so long ago, but you could just imagine as a little five-year-old, you're in this big crowd full of people that you've never seen before. And you're just like, what is everybody saying? <laughs> what is happening? Um, so that and so many different situations where I've had emotions to that really feels like what I do today in terms of like my business and my mission and my business's mission. It's all about empowering other people. It's all about helping other people. And it's all about just like making everybody feel welcome and enough because we all are. Man, I love that. So you're talking about your business. What is your business? What are you doing in your business? Yeah. So primarily I am in the cosmetic industry. I specialize in aesthetics and um, eyelash extensions. If we want to get super specific, I know you guys are both male. I don't know if you know. So <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> we had, we had a previous guest actually who was very similar field and we have other friends who are getting into the field. Cause I believe it's just growing. So, I mean, we're super interested here about your business. If you want to keep, let us know, like how did you start off? Is this something that you always had in mind that you wanted to do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so growing up, my parents, um, they're Vietnamese, right? This is going to sound super stereotypical, but they had nail salons growing up. And as a kid, I was the kid that sat in the back of the nail salon with her little coloring books um, mm -hmm. instead of going to daycare after school. So growing up, I was like, man, I am always at the freaking nail salon. Like, I, I cannot, I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to do this. There's no freaking way. There is no way. So um, when I became an adult, I was 18. I was just like, I can't do it. And I left home. You know, the bold, ballsy me was like, I'm an adult now. I can handle the world. So, <laughs> so I left home, you know, went through a series of things. Um, really honestly got slapped in the face with how difficult real life is, but so, so grateful that I did it so young because I was able to grow so much. You know what I mean? So anyways, uh, after a couple years of being out and about, I actually ended up doing like the walk of shame. I call it back to my parents' house and was like, that, Dad, Vietnamese. <laughs> that is so hard out here. Like you have to help me. So my parents and I made a deal and they were basically just like, okay, fine, you can come home. We'll get you a car. We'll get you situated, but you've got to work at the nail salon. I was like, no, 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 no. Right. So I'm working at the nail salon and it's like maybe two weeks where I'm like, I quit. I can't do it. I hate it here. I'm going to work at Chipotle. I'll pay you back for the car. I promise. <laughs> So um, when that happened, my mom was like, oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Like, let me show you this thing called eyelash extensions. And at that time, my aunt, who also has like a salon, primarily lashes, like a lash bar down in D.C., was like, well, why don't you just like learn how to do lashes and then finish school at College Park like you plan to and then come work with me like in the meantime, just like a college job kind of thing. So in that moment of time, I was like. 
okay, I don't really have anything better going for me. So I guess I'll give it a shot. And it was almost like an instant, I don't know, like intuition, you know, like they say, when you know, you know, and you really do. It was one of those things where I just looked at it and I was like, oh, wait, this is really cool. Like, this is actually really, really cool. Like everything that I did not like about nails was not like even a thing in the eyelash world. And like people outside of cosmetics is like, oh, okay, like makeup, hair, nails, all that is like congruent, but it's not. Like every service is most definitely its own niche. So um, anyways, I picked up eyelash extensions and originally I was gonna just work on friends and just a couple local people in the area, you know, small town. Um, but it was two months into it and I was fully booked and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should stay because I'm kind of making money here and this is kind of fun. So I ended up creating TNS Lashes LLC as my first business for the simple reason that I thought CEO would look better on a resume than lash artist. Like, I never thought it was actually going to go anywhere. My original plan was to just do this to get through college, work the normal nine to five. I was a finance major. I thought I was going to be in Wall Street, like something like that. Um, But it just kept growing. So then I hired help and then my help got busy. So then I hired help and then I came out with a product line and then I started training. And now I'm collabing with a company out in California, first of all. And now we have collabs all over the place and I'm all over the place. And we've got the online academy and we're working with beauty schools. And it's just really become this big thing, this huge thing that I never would have thought was ever going to be this big of a thing only four or five years ago. Hell yeah. Wow. That's freaking awesome. That is so, that is so cool. And the growth, the explosion of of growth really is, is huge, but something that we always like go back to at least here, like in, in, in this type of setting is like, it wasn't always like that. You know, it wasn't always like that. And that's the, a lot of times what a lot of people struggle with is like, they just look and they're just like, oh my God, like, this is so crazy. Like, how do they even do that? It's like, well, you know, like reel that back a little bit. It's like before it was probably the opposite, you know, that's just the stuff that you don't see. And so like, and, and what resonated with me, at least as far as like what you told us so far is that, you know, that period where you thought like, okay, I'm a grown up, I'm going to go do this on my own. And then you tried to figure it out by yourself and, you know, ended up, you described it as like the walk of shame. I mean, a lot of people, I guess, have that walk of shame as well. Even um, what's crazy is that after college, I, I, you know, took a traditional route after high school, went to college and then going home back to my parents' place felt like that walk of shame i'm not gonna lie yeah yeah, that was like everyone i feel like everyone has like some version of that you know but Mm -hmm. for you specifically like what what was that like you know because everyone sees everyone sees the success (laughs) you know everyone sees like the the hype around like what you're doing right now but i think what what empowers a lot of people is that like you know pushing through those those the difficult times is what really empowers people to really pursue what they want to do you know so like how did you get through that i guess is probably a better question how did you get through that uh initially what was the what was the mindset around that yeah that's a really good question that's a really big topic that i talk about a lot honestly almost every day even when i'm talking to my clients and they're talking to me about their life stories and things that they're going through and whatnot but when it comes to like going through difficult situations, obstacles, hurdles, however you want to describe it. I think it all comes down to your why. Like, why do you even do anything and everything that you do? 
You know what I mean? Like if you have a strong enough why, then like you're going to push through anything. And I'm not talking about why as in like, I want to be a millionaire or I want to buy a Lamborghini. I'm talking about that like deep fire passion that like Mm. keeps you from sleeping at 4 a.m. and you have to get up because Mm. you just have to do it. Like that kind of why, you know, it goes so much deeper than like, I just want to have financial freedom. It's more yeah. so like I want to empower people because I know what it feels like to feel secluded and left out. And I don't want anybody feeling that way. So I feel like it's my personal mission to help as many people as I can. Like yeah. that kind of why. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's like it's like, yeah, like you said, it's like heavier than mm-hmm. just like, oh, I want to be like financially free or heavier than, oh, I want to be like this. It's like yeah. there's there's a deeper layer that a lot of people maybe haven't tapped into yet, which is cool. But uh, that's what got you through it. That's, I mean, that's, that's super powerful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's really hard sometimes to get that deep. So I, I completely understand. And um, it's hard to get that deep. Also, I think because social media and just Netflix and just the things that we consume every day are just so like, I don't want to say superficial, but just very materialistic, um, which is so funny because as human beings, like we're not actually that materialistic like we're very emotion driven and um everything that we do is is emotion driven like the things that we purchase the people we associate ourselves with the goals that we set for ourselves like everything is actually emotionally driven so whenever i'm talking to people especially when i'm talking to my students so um real back a little bit uh i do educate right like i educate at the beauty schools and i educate um inspire or aspiring lash artists uh, people who want to become a lash artist and are in industry trying to grow their brand as a la- brand as a lash artist, just things like that. Anyways, I have this conversation a lot with them where they tell me like, okay, I really want to have my own salon. Like that's their goal, right? And I'll ask them like, okay, that's wonderful. You're going to get there. But why do you want that? Oh, because I want to send my kids to college. Why do you want to send your kids to college? And it's just the series of whys um, to really help people like get to that deeper level. And it takes a lot of uh, self-reflection and just realizations of why you even do everything that you do. And I feel like I could go on about this forever. But um, like, what would you suggest? people or somebody who uh could go a little bit deeper chris you could take um, this one. i mean it's, it's funny the same themes that self-reflection you know asking your why is the exact same thing that we recommend almost every episode i want to say is is just stopping and thinking um what not just what you enjoy but like what's going to make you feel like you're what you're doing is fulfilling, you know, to, uh, make an impact to your community, people that you care about, um, not just to yourself. How about for you, David? I think, yeah, you have to, you have to have that conversation with yourself. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. the, the, com- sometimes the conversation t- doesn't start with you though. Like sometimes the conversation mm-hmm. starts at a platform like this, listening to mm-hmm. somebody else have this conversation with somebody else. Right. And then you're like, Oh, why not? Well, how come I'm not asking myself those questions? And then <laughs> you start asking yourself those questions and then you start de- delving a little bit deeper. And then you finally hit that. Uh, it's like, it's like you strike a nerve and it's like, that mm-hmm. was uncomfortable. Like, like, why am I not doing this, right? Like, why am I not pursuing this? And when this is truly, like, what I want, you know? And then you, mm-hmm. it just, it just evolves into that. It's that, and that's honestly, that's part of growth. 
Yeah. And that's really part of growth. And I think your story is a testament to to growth in so many different ways. You know, Chris, I, do you have a question? I know you I know you wanted to ask something. Oh, man. Yeah, I do. I, I want to go back to. Um, so you went to work with your aunt uh, mm-hmm. for aesthetics and, and lashes, and then you just decided to start your own business with it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You see the glam, the success. But I want to talk about the grind that went behind that, you know, because it's not as easy. So can you talk about that transition from when, um, you know, you were learning from your aunt and, and working there to starting your own business? And it sounds like you said your parents, they own their own nail salon when they, yeah. So, I mean, did you, did you reach out to them for mentorship? So go for it. Yeah. So I actually did not work at my aunt's place. I learned from her and Mm. I learned from my mom who used to do lashes back in the day. Not anymore, but anywho, um, the biggest thing I've got to say about that is the grind never stops that it never stops. And the whole going back to the why thing, like we were just talking about, like that that self-reflection never stops. Like I'm going to be completely brutally honest here and tell you guys that I think about quitting every single day. Like I have that conversation with myself every single day and I'm up at 3 a.m. because the fire is like, no, like this is what you're doing. This is why you're doing it, yada, yada, yada. But um, just the just coming to the realization that the grind never stops has really helped me through the hard times when the to do list is just getting so obnoxiously big and just being like, oh, my God, I'm never actually going to finish the to do list. Like just accepting that the to do list isn't going to ever actually be done and to just like prioritize and do the best that you can every single day is so, so important so important and when it comes to mentorship of course my parents were mentors my aunt is a mentor but i've always um thought a little bit different than them like they came i mean we all came from vietnam but they started their businesses with um the goal to support their families when my clientele and my business started to get bigger, I thought a lot further than that. Like I wanted to like impact the community. Like I wanted to like change what they were teaching in the schools. I wanted it to be a lot bigger than just making a good enough income to support a family. So when it comes to mentorship, I had to step out of the people that I know and literally just talk to everybody and just reach out to everybody. And a really big thing with mentorship is I realized that there is not a single perfect mentor out there. Like I have so many different mentors for so many different things. Like I have a mentor that I talk to about staying organized. (laughs) I have have a mentor specifically that I go to where I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I need help prioritizing my life. (laughs) That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. What kind of what you said is like you. A mentor is not just one person, or it could be one person. Could be. Um, a lot of times it's it's multiple people, you know, helping out in different ways, which is huge. I I want to talk about yeah that that topic that you know the grind never stops. Mm-hmm. Um, that is huge, you know, and it's it's like an honest truth. It's one of those things. Um, I think that a lot of people overlook because, you know, there's in anything in anything. I feel like a lot of people downplay the amount of times you actually want to quit. Mm-hmm. It's probably like, Absolutely. oh, it's like, I'm, I'm never going to think I'm going to quit. But then multiply that by like 5 billion and 22. And like, that's probably the amount of times you'll actually 
think about quitting. And I think mm-hmm. what the difference is though, like that the the person that's the most persistent, the person that's the most consistent, the person's whose why is the deepest, you know, that's the person that's gonna say no each day. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. how how does that happen for you on when 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 that does happen, when life happens, when when you when life tells you to quit or when your circumstances tell you to give up or whatever, what does that look like for you and telling that like no, not today? Yeah. So usually whenever I start going down, or I guess you could call it like a, a spiral, even a trigger. Um, whenever things come up where I'm like, oh my gosh, should I even do this? Am I wasting my time? Like maybe I should just go get that corporate job. Um, I always take a step back. I think taking a step back and just taking a breather is really important for entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter what field you're in, but just taking a step back and really looking at the situation and just kind of looking at yourself like, did you eat today? Did you get a good night's rest? When was the last time you had a day off? Like what has happened over the past few hours to make you feel this way? Like these are the questions that I ask myself because oftentimes whenever I feel like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. It's probably because I'm hungry. (laughs) Like (laughs) half the time I'm like, oh, I haven't eaten since 10 a.m. That makes a lot of sense. And then I go eat food and I feel fine. Like I'm I'm being honest. Um, But other times it's like maybe financial stress or maybe a whole bunch of clients are really stressing me out or like the girls, you know, just something that is not hunger. And I always take a look back at everything I've done, like the past week, the past two weeks, the past month, just that self reflection, but like going really deep into it, and just paying attention to the progress that I've made, and not focusing on what's so wrong right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I mean, it it sounds like um, when you do feel like burnout, that you remind yourself your why, but also you count the wins along the way, you count your progress, right? But how do you find the balance, you know, like when you're grinding so hard to be be able to live? Like, how do you how, how do you find the balance to that? Um, honestly, I have to write everything down. Like I have to write everything down because I am so obsessed with what I do and my clients and my business and my students, all of it that like, if I don't remind myself the little wins in my life, in my personal life, I will literally work from the minute that I wake up to like two, 3 a.m. to when I can't do it anymore and pass out. So before I know, so like before I even start my day, I typically start a gratitude list. I start my days off with a gratitude list every single morning. If I, I, I wake up late and I don't get to write it all out, then I do it in the car when I'm driving to work. But I really try to write it out because I think that's how me personally, that's how I stay balanced. Like before going into my workday, knowing that I'm obsessed with it, knowing that I'm going to want to do a 12, 14 hour bender, I remind myself before I get into that mode, like this is what really actually matters. Like these are the little things that actually make you happy. So then as I'm going through my workday, I have that already set in my mind and it just makes it a lot easier to build that self-awareness. 
I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think all of these things that we're talking about right now, as far as, you know, the times where, you know, you get yourself to not quit and the mentality around gratitude, the mentality mm-hmm. around, you know, staying balanced, like amidst the grind, you know, that's kind of in- encapsulated in this like mentality. Right. Mm-hmm. So like one of my, my personal mentors has always said, you know, like owning a business, you know, that's a, that's a formality. Right. But like being an entrepreneur, that's a mentality. And so mm-hmm. you like, I truly believe, right? Like, you know, just talking with you, you know, that's a mentality that's like, that's you and that's you. And I like strongly believe that. And, you know, that's not something that's just like taught in school. That's not something that's, yeah. you know, handed out on like a degree, right? That's something that right. you know, it's taught, experience teaches that. And I, right. I, dude, I, I can't even express the amount of like respect that I have just because of, of that. I, I, I totally understand that. I, I do. I really do. And man, I just wanted to, to give you some props. That's all. <laughs> that's Aww, and, yeah. and that was, so that's a beautiful tip. I, that's some of my first times hearing that the, starting a gratitude list. I mean, I'm going to start doing that myself. That's yeah, a, that's no, a, really that's a great did. tip. Um, Dave, I'm not sure if you had a question, but I, I wanted to ask something follow up kind of like what you're going off. Of. I mean, now that we know, okay, so how you started your business and now you, you're teaching at uh, schools, right? So can mm-hmm. you talk about the transition from entrepreneur to mentor now that you're teaching? Yeah, honestly, it wasn't it wasn't that weird or difficult or hard or anything for me. So it's very funny because I do eyelashes, right? Like I put hair on people's eyelashes. But like what I really do when I realized is very early on, like I really love doing lashes, not because of the actual lashes, but because of the people. Like I love talking to people and connecting with them and just hearing their story, hearing their life and just like talking them through their life. Um, so that being said, transitioning from being a service provider to a mentor was very easy to me because I always felt like a mentor to begin with, which is so strange because I'm so much younger than a lot of the people around me. Like (laughs) I'm the boss, but I'm also the youngest of the group. Mm. So it's, it's definitely kind of strange sometimes when I'm like, the mentor but somebody's like twice my age um but anyways like i was saying i've always just loved helping people like through that mindset shift through their lives or whatever they're going through and oftentimes back then at least before i was mentoring and teaching lash artists back then when i was just basically mentoring my clients um it could be something so simple like they could be like going through a week from hell, it seemed like, and I would literally talk them through a gratitude list without them even knowing, like, it would be so nonchalant, like, it would be something so simple as in, like, hey, I really like your shirt, where did you get it from? Oh, I got it from TJ Maxx. Oh, my God, I love that TJ Maxx. Who did you go with? Oh, I went with my mom. Oh, my God, that's so much fun. I love shopping with my mom. Isn't it so great just being able to spend time with your mom? And then, you know, just going down that path and just, like, shifting people's moods in the simplest ways was so satisfying to me and it's still so satisfying to me i do it all the time um so going back to mentorship um working with flash artists uh it's very much the same thing just different topics you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so lashing is a very technical skill i'm teaching a very technical skill and honestly the technical part of it is the easiest shortest part of it like 20 percent of what i teach is the technical lashing and then the 80 percent is 
you can do this, you are enough, like clients will love you. It's like overcoming those self-limiting beliefs. It's like overcoming those like um, almost like imposter syndrome or just those walls that they put up for themselves because they've been programmed and conditioned throughout their lives with whatever situations like that's what I actually do as an educator, mentor, trainer. I love that. I love that. (laughs) No, that's, that's seriously awesome. And you just echo so many things that like about, um, just like, again, that mentality that, that Mm I, I firmly believe in, you know, you, you echo a lot of that and it's just refreshing to hear. Um, you know, it's, it's different, like being around to like, just successful entrepreneurs, you know, like yourself, it really, really is. And so I love asking them this kind of a question. Um, Mm -hmm. like what's the, what's the dream? Right. Because (laughs) the reason why I like asking entrepreneurs this is because it's always different. It's it's different than from somebody that's excuse me, like that's, you know, like you said, it's not like, oh, the dream is to, you know, have two hundred million dollars in my bank account. Like, it's not that or to have like seven Lamborghinis, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's like and I think it'll you will be a testament to my theory (laughs) and I it will prove it to myself that I'm right. (laughs) So, so like, what's the dream? Like, what's the, what's, yeah, what's, what's the goal? And I'm going to, I'll kind of explain like what my theory is like after you, after you respond. Oh, I really don't. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Oh God. I don't know. I, I will tell you, I'll tell you guys the dream. It's just a little controversial. I almost feel like, um, because so many entrepreneurs like go into what they do because they want, you know, something. And I just, I just feel like it's not very common, but whatever. Okay. So my dream is to basically not have dreams. Like my dream is to basically, yeah. Are you serious? Oh, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh my God. No, <laughs> shut up. No way. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, so my dream is to basically not really have dreams and to basically, be able to do what I want, when I want, how I want to, without constraint. So I, in a way, I feel like having a set goal, like, oh, this is the end point, like, this is where I'm going, that almost conflicts, like, it goes against um, having the freedom to flow, right? So I, I guess you could say my dream is to just be able to flow with whatever comes my way with life and like make the best out of whatever situation. And I say it's controversial because whenever I say that, people are like, Crystal, what the f- are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I just want to like, my life, I guess. Does that make sense? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I want to, it sounds like it's like where you want to be able to do whatever makes you happy at the moment, knowing that could be fluid in the future, which yeah, is absolutely. awesome. You know, David, so explain your theory, David. It's not a theory. I shouldn't have oh, said that. I shouldn't have said it. It's not, it's not a theory. It's, it's not a theory. I'm not like, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel or anything like that. Um, but it's like to kind of what you're what you're talking about. It's like goals and dreams are like they're bigger than goals and dreams, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, like uh, uh, the plan is to reach the the mountaintop, right? The plan is to reach the mountaintop, whatever the mountaintop is, you know, it could be that $2 million or it could be that seven Lamborghinis or whatever. But when you, the, the thing is that when y- you know that when you reach the mountaintop, there's a bigger mountain after that. 
Right. And so knowing that when you reach that second mountaintop, there's a bigger mountaintop after that. So like the goals are bigger than goals because they're always going to be there. There's, it's never the same. There's never a point where you're like, ah, this seven Lamborghinis, this is it. This is it. This is what I wanted. It's like, no, that's like, it's never like that. That's the, and what's crazy is that that goes all the way back to like what you were even talking about. It's like, that's the, where the hunger comes from. Right. Mm -hmm. Knowing far well that like when you get to that goal, you know, it's not enough. Exactly. Right. Like that. Oh my God. That's what I'm I'm talking about. Wow. That's, that's crazy. It really, really, it really does go back to like, you know, the saying that, um, like fall in love with the process. Mm. right like falling in love with the process not the end result and just the whole concept of like there is just no final destination there is no like oh this is it you know i'm at the top of the mountain like this is it uh but yeah that's 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 really wild that's really wild it's a really powerful message you know there's so many different um like Tony Robbins, Gary Vee kind of people that talk about that and it's it's just really honestly crazy to talk to another person right now that actually lives like that it's just so uncommon so i almost feel like in shock (laughs) i'm like i'm like kind of actually in shock that that you guys are actually not just like oh hey i watched this one talk by tony robbins but no like actually living by it it's it's cool it's really cool I think it's what's kind of started this whole thing is the mindset shift of of how we would view life and what our goals are. I know yeah. when what kind of got me started was I learned about the fire movement where you know financial independence retire early, but then I started learning that people had this number in their head, but like once you reach the number, if you don't know we're gonna what's after that, then what are you doing it for, right? If you don't have the vision of what you're gonna do once you reach some kind of financial independence, then you're just gonna have that number in your bank account and you won't know mm-hmm. what to do with it, right? So it's like you have to have a mindset shift at one point. Um, I mean, I, I have a bunch of other questions I want to ask. So I don't know what, how else to go, to go with this. Usually what David asks is one of the last questions that we ask. No, 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 no. This is not, I, I, I wanted to just get to that because I felt that it was so like pivotal to like how you think. That was yeah. the reason why I wanted to get to that because there are a lot of other people, you know, listening that may think that way and mm-hmm. you know i want them to be able to resonate with you that way you know but go ahead and ask mm-hmm. your question man I, I know you got there's a lot of brewing in there i'm sure oh go ahead okay. yeah, Chris, go i, I kind of i kind of want to add something to that before we before we shift to a different topic but um no i just wanted to add for all the listeners just know that if you do think like that like it's okay like we're human beings Human beings need goals. Like human beings need things to look forward to. Like it's okay if you think like that. Like there's nothing wrong with you. I I feel like there is this whole like I don't want to say movement, but I just feel like so many people nowadays are so obsessed with like oh I'm sad. It's not okay to be sad. I have to be happy all the time. You know what I mean? And um, I just wanted to put it out there that like it's okay if you're not happy sometimes, and it's okay if you are striving for the top of the mountain and you have to shift again. Like when it comes to mindset, it's 
like a muscle you know if you don't go to the gym a lot then you lose that muscle mass it's the same exact thing with mindset so when it comes to like shifting your mindset to learn how to fall in love with the process instead of the end result like love the climb not being at the top like that whole thing it's like you you have to keep doing it over and over and over again and it's you're never gonna hit a point again with the points but you're never gonna hit a point where you're like do do I turn the light switch on. I'm here. This is great. I'll never have to do this again. Like it's one of those things where, like I said, you have to do it constantly, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because if you're an entrepreneur, then like your business like depends on that. Like you're not going to be able to run a successful business if you don't work on that mindset. And then it gets even bigger when you have people working for you, when you have people that rely on you, like, just think about it for a second. Like if you're running a company with people that depend on you and your business to operate, if you let that mindset go and your business fails, it's like kind of your fault that those people can't feed their families because you let that mindset go. Like as a business owner, as a boss, as an entrepreneur, like it is your job, like primarily to keep that mindset going because you need that mindset. It's like water. It's essential. Absolutely. Okay. I'm done. Well, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I, I think to round it out, um, I want to ask, so we have the mindset here, right? You know, in, right. in your self-reflection, your want, what's your why, um and then uh we have on this side where you get there but you have to cross somewhere right? you have to take the action to get there and mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of get stuck because of like fear or just like you said there's might be imposter syndrome what is your best advice to somebody who is stuck who's afraid to make that leap uh, and just you know something's holding them back honestly um my best advice would to just fuck it and just do it and just <laughs> fail I'm not even going to lie. Literally, my my life motto is fuck it. Like, every time I'm scared, I'm like, oh, man, I might die. But you know what? It's it's okay. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And you know, I never do. I mean, I'm still alive. I'm here and everything is great. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, like the whole fear, you just got to realize that like as human beings, like we need fear or we needed fear back in the day when we were cavemen and stuff to stay alive. And it's just one of those things that we held on to just through genetics and biology stuff. But it's just one of those things where uh, fear is there to basically keep us alive and to keep us safe. And just coming to the realization that fear is just an emotion and that your emotions don't control you. You control your emotions and to just like push it to the side and then just keep going, I feel like is the best way to do it is to just be like, oh, fuck it. And just keep going because... <laughs> Because you're you're not going to basically fight off this thing that's so deeply ingrained in your DNA. Like it's one thing to shift your mindset. It's another thing to try to get rid of something that's like actually in your DNA that's been passed on for thousands of years. Like you can't get rid of fear. There's really no such thing as like, in my opinion, there's no such thing as being fearless. There's just people that know how to control fear a little bit better than others. I, I, I love exactly what you just said. Um, and I want to leave you, you guys, and and whoever's listening with like two things that are very, very relatable to to what you just said. Um, and this, these come actually from from a couple of my personal mentors too. And they mm -hmm. say the biggest gap in the world is the gap between knowing and doing. Mm -hmm. And so once you're able to close that gap, you know that's when like success happens, right? Um, yeah. And another thing is that. Uh, 
fear, don't mistake fear for wrong, right? Just because you're scared yeah. about something doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's a wrong thing to do. But right. a lot of people stop because they think what they think is fearful is the wrong thing to do. And so I just want to yeah. leave you guys with that. And I think that's like, you know, you you just hit that on the head. And I, I loved exactly what you said about all of that. But um, to kind of complete this entire story, because we've covered a lot, um, I know there's going to be people out there that just listen to you and and hear you and, you know, want to talk to you to be to be real and support you, most importantly. Um, but like, where can they do that? Where can they find you? Where can they support you? How can they do that? Um, and yeah, share share that for us, please. Yeah, honestly, I think the best way to get a hold of me, if this, if my story, if I resonate with any of you guys, seriously, I love talking to people. Like the best way would talk to, to talk to me would be to just message me on Instagram um, at Crystal C R Y S T A L underscore Dong D O N G G G. I mean, I have an email. You could email me too, but. Let's keep things casual. Let's chat. I want to have like an actual conversation, not like a hi message dash crystal. <laughs> <laughs> so just shoot me a DM on Instagram. That is probably 110% actually the best way to talk to me. And um, you don't have to ask anything specific either. It could literally be something so simple like, hey, I heard you on this podcast. And I just wanted to blah, 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 like literally anything. It could be like, hey, here's a picture of my cat. I would probably send you a picture <laughs> of my cat too. We would totally chat about that. I'm so down with it. But um, yeah, long story short, just message me on Instagram. And I would love to talk to any of you guys that are listening to this.